0: The muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzle Loaders Podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything black powder, and uh, today we're going to be talking about muzzleloaders. I don't exactly know what I'm going to title this podcast yet, but we have a lot, we have six different guns here, and we're going to be talking about all of them, um, different ignition sources, so we're going to be talking about like Northwest inlines versus... Um, just standard inlines. The focus of today is going to be different actions. Um, so you have break action, bolt action, side lock, all that kind of stuff. Kind of talk about some of the pros and cons to each of those actions. That's the ultimate goal. But um, I am joined by Nate today. So uh, how are you doing today, Nate? Hold the phone. Hold Here the phone. at Muzzleloaders.com, we're going to talk about Muzzleloaders. I I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's what revolutionary. (laughs) We're trying to be, we're pioneering this right now. We're going to talk about muzzleloaders on the Muzzleloaders podcast. (laughs) To answer your other question, I'm doing fantastic. Good, good. That's awesome. I know that uh, this is, we're right in cyber week. It's Friday, so almost over, but insane. uh, Yeah, just insane busy. (laughs) And that's awesome. It's a blessing. Job job security. We're really thankful for all you guys that have um, just continue to be faithful to our company over you know the last geez how long is it how long we've been in business 2012 or so so 10 years almost yeah yep so wow yeah that's awesome um thank you guys so much but uh yeah honestly i i really excited to talk about these muzzle loaders and um you know they've just come a long ways huh they've just come a long ways they have we have side locks in front of us and we have you know an HTR in front of us, so it's it's kind of the full spectrum of muzzleloader technology. Yep. um So, yeah, uh let's go ahead and kick things off, Nate. um Let's start at the beginning. Do you want to grab that side lock over there? At the maybe? beginning. Well, when I was just a young lad, we, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. You mean the rifle? <laughs> you know, back when I was a boy, <laughs> I saw I saw my first muzzleloader, <laughs> cool. and it was grand. So one thing I want to make sure we're doing is describing everything in great detail for our audio listeners because this is a podcast after all. We do record it, there's a video <laughs> version. Um but I want to make sure that we're recording it in good detail for all of you guys. Um so basically we have a side lock and uh this is going to be like our first ignition source of the day. Uh we have basically we have side locks, plungers, uh brake action, bolt action, fire stick, northwest in- ignition inlines. And then, like, the Vortex Striker Fire. So different types of ignition, how they came about, how they work, all that kind of stuff. So uh, when you go back, side locks are kind of, I mean, there's obviously match locks and underhammers and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to really get into a lot of the fine, detailed old stuff today. Uh, but we'll start with side locks because those are still really commonly used for hunting purposes and shooting purposes and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, Nate, as someone who's had a lot of experience hunting with side locks, uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about some of the advantages and disadvantages of using a side lock ignition? Well, you know, as far as advantages go, there's not a ton. <laughs> 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 One thing I will say is that you got uh, adequate spring pressure, which is mm. phenomenal. You know, you don't have to worry about that, um, usually with a side lock uh, Depending on what kind of ignition source you're using, whether it's a number 11 or a musket cap. <clears throat> but those typically have plenty of spring pressure to set that off, which is always great because then you don't have to worry about, um, you know, resetting your hammer eight or nine times to, because usually yeah. after the first time, the deer's gone. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take up much noise. Yeah. I really like the fact that you have a set trigger on most side locks. Um, mm-hmm. Not all of them, but, you know. A lot of the Hawkins have them. Yeah. This one in particular, this Hunter, this is a. This is a Lyman signature Great Plains mm-hmm. Hunter, yeah. and it does have a, a set trigger. Very right high-end. Basically, your set trigger is when it's when the uh, hammer is cocked back. There's a trigger in the rear. You can pull that set trigger, and then that turns your front trigger into a hair trigger, <laughs> and then um, that allows you to just touch it off and be a little bit more precise. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd definitely say that's an advantage depending on what kind of newer um, – rifle you're using you know sometimes the triggers are non-adjustable and whatnot so Mm -hmm. um, that was definitely an advantage on those uh disadvantages you know you just got a lot of elemental play in where your musket cap or number 11 cap is just Mm -hmm. um can easily get wet you know typically when i'm hunting with a side lock i usually tuck the whole ignition Source under my armpit and carry kind of cradle of the gun. But if you've ever seen how much Nate sweats, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> really accomplishing the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I you know I wear layers, so ho- hopefully that keeps the sweat. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> but, but yes, yes I, yeah, I totally agree. I think trying to you know your moisture contamination is a huge concern when mm-hmm. you're hunting with a muzzleloader, yeah. especially a flintlock. Yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah, even more so than a percussion cap. Um and a flint lock is technically still a side lock, but yeah. uses mm-hmm. flint instead of a number eleven or, or musket caps. Yeah. A flint is even more precarious, you yes. know, when it comes yeah. to that sort of thing. Especially if you accidentally hit something and pan opens and you lose all your mm-hmm. <laughs> your four yeah. F powder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you want to be able to, you know Yeah, it's just tough. It's tough when it's you know, it's amazing when we think back to like early, you know, Revolutionary War times when the weather's bad. That's all they had. You know, yeah. it's like if the, if the weather was bad, they couldn't just go back inside, get a percussion cap, you know, ignition, and then just head back out. You yeah. know, they had flint locks <laughs> to try and get it all done with. But with that, there is a certain dynamic that's just fun. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a the very challenge. traditional and just the mental process behind that. You just have to be so much more aware of your rifle and, and what you're doing with it, you know, you can't just go trudging through the trees. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen people like use their rifle to push stuff out of the way, like yeah. branches yeah. and stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, yeah, you can't do that with a muzzleloader. So it's no. just the whole mental game behind it is just really fun because you have to process so much more information. Like, okay, For sure. do this and keep this tucked under here and cover that. And, you know, it's just... The mental game's really fun yeah and i mean let alone the fact that you have one shot you have to try and get mm-hmm. it done with because you know you have speed loaders you can try and get a quick second shot but ultimately you have one shot to get it done yeah. you know you can't just yeah. take a shot put another shell in and take another shot you know yeah. it's like you have one shot you got to make sure it counts you got to make sure and there's so many aspects of uh challenge like with a flintlock in particular like if there's a little bit of moisture in there if you know, your flint isn't quite sharp enough. If your frizzen is kind of worn down, it's like there's all kinds of things that can go wrong when you're hunting with a flintlock, which is, I'd say that's, you know, a, a hindrance in practicality, but like you were saying, a benefit when it comes to um, if you want to be traditional, if you're looking to challenge yourself, if hunting with a centerfire and killing something at, you know, 400 yards is just too easy, then, you know, using a flintlock and trying to get within 50 with all of these other variables in place is definitely could be a pro for a lot of people you know well that's definitely a goal of mine next year yeah, yeah. Lock. which one did you want yeah you said you wanted to try it out the the pa pellet is that we're thinking yeah maybe i don't know haven't decided just yet. go super traditional you know there you go. build a kit that's right build, build my own rifle <laughs> kentucky long rifle. that's right yeah it could happen could yeah. happen oh absolutely i actually yeah. come up with the time i it, I might just have to do it. So, yeah, because you have so much time already. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is I really wanted to build a kit. I really want to build a pistol. I want to build a trapper Mm -hmm. pistol for rendezvous and doing pistol competitions and stuff Mm -hmm. um, just for myself. But it's like, man, finding the time to build a kit. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, when's that ever going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) In all of my copious amounts of spare time. Yeah. You know, so... Cool. Well, is there anything else we want to touch on when it comes to side locks, Nate? Uh, not that I can think of. Yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty well set up on those. Let's put this one back. Proper safety here. Um, man, yeah, I wish you guys could just see all the muzzle loaders in front of me. It's amazing. Um, all right. So we'll kind of move on to this is uh the CVA Acura LRX. I wanna tip over my water bottle here. Okay. Um so if it's a little bit bloody, this is actually the <laughs> muzzle loader that I shot my deer with this year. Um it's as you can see, it's kind of it is set up for a northwest ignition, and this is a break action muzzle loader. So for our audio listeners, essentially there is a switch, which in this case is the trigger guard. You pull back on the trigger guard that releases the barrel to break open, and then inside of the breech plug is where you would put your primer, or in this case, a musket cap, um, because this is set up for Northwest ignition. And a lot of times, people kind of wonder, how can you have a break action muzzle loader that's Northwest legal? Well, what happens uh, in pretty much every case, specifically CVA, they drill holes in the, in the breech plug, which allows uh, it to be considered an exposed ignition, yep. which makes it legal in, in Oregon and Idaho. Um, in like traditions, in that case, they actually have a little notch that's cut out in the breech plug. Um, so it accomplishes the same purpose. Essentially the rule states, you have to have it exposed to the elements. So um, you have to have some kind of hole there. Also this one's set up with open sites. I have the Williams Western Precision Sites on here. And uh, yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, But as far as break actions go versus the side locks we were talking about, Nate, um, when it's Northwest legal, it's kind of tough. You still have some element of, um, you know, weather exposure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it is much, in my opinion, it's much easier to, you know, cover this up because Mm -hmm. you you have two holes in the breech plug here that, you know, you really have to cover up. Whereas the side lock, you have an entire... Mechanism on the when outside. And you got to be careful about covering that up too, you know. <clears throat> like on these ones, a lot of people I've seen cover it like this, mm-hmm. but then the heat from your hand and the cold air outside, which typically muzzle litter seasons in a colder time of year, mm-hmm. the barrel's really, really cold. You have your hand on here, and then you just inside your breech plug here, it just gets completely filled with condensation. Yeah. Which is way worse. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> condensation kind of starts building from the inside out, yep. you know? And yep. um, so yeah, you got to be really careful about how much heat you actually apply to your mm-hmm. breech plug area when you're hunting. So that's yeah. another challenge with that. And if you're using a Northwest inline that's a break action, um, it is already reasonably protected from the elements. Like you only have a small... Amount of space that can actually, you know, moisture can get in there and contaminate things. So, it is a lot more consistent, um, but you know, still something you want to be con- conscious of as you're mm-hmm. moving yeah, forward. Absolutely. So, um, and the break action in of itself, it allows you to have everything in line. So, with a side lock, your hammer comes down, strikes the nipple or the frizener or whatever you, you know if you're using a flintlock or a percussion, and then that spark has to travel through a fire channel into the side of the barrel mm. and ignite the powder that way so it's a little bit um more of a it's a little more finicky. Yeah, a little more finicky whereas just a slight bit of delay. Yes. Yes, whereas like an inline everything is in line, you yep. know, hence the name. So <laughs> um and you can kind of just get everything ignited pretty consistently honestly. Like I I shot this muzzleloader many many times and didn't have any misfires or anything like that even with musket caps i was using the rws musket caps which um are really hot they're Mm -hmm. a really good musket cap so um yeah northwest legal break actions you know probably your most consistent way to go if you're going to be hunting in the northwest and you don't you're not necessarily wanting to be traditional you just kind of want something that's effective um it's a really good setup for northwest users so yep absolutely cool sounds good well there anything else on this one nate I think we're good. I think we Cover can just that. pass it on. We want to get to some of the really exciting stuff later on. So, okay, so we're going to talk about the Nitro Fire now. So Nitro Fire is an exciting one. Um, this was introduced in 2020, and it is a break action. Um, you know, in traditions, they actually have a little switch at the front of the trigger guard that you push, and that allows the muzzleloader to break open um what's different about the nitro fire versus other break actions is uh instead of having a breech plug and you know your tradition you know, your tradition oh, i say traditional it's kind of a bad <laughs> term to use but you know your your standard um break action muzzleloaders they'll have a breech plug and a place to put the primer and all that kind of stuff the nitro fire uses a fire stick ignition which is already pre-measured into like a little orange capsule i don't have any on here with me. That's that was stupid of me. <laughs> I can see them. They're sitting right over there, but that's okay. We'll we won't worry about it. Maybe I'll put a picture up or something. Um basically it's a little orange stick that's pre-measured and uh that kind of replaces your breech plug mm-hmm. and your powder. Yep. And um so you also you know, you put the primer in there, close everything up and uh everything is pretty sealed honestly to the weather yeah. because the fire stick is water resistant. Um and so that really it's really, really consistent. So, yeah. What do you have to say about this, Nate? Just a really unique design. Really cool. Um, I think they really thought of a lot of stuff when they built this rifle. You know, it's got the the bigger hammer. Um, mm-hmm. so that And it's ambidextrous. So either side, uh, you know, you can put whatever scope on there and not have any issues trying to get to the hammer, which is mm-hmm. just really well thought out. I love the... The accuracy that we got with it was absolutely phenomenal. Just mm-hmm. a really cool, uh cool design, and like like Darren said, you know, very weather resistant. As far as everything's just sealed up, quick reloads. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of advantages to the Nitro Fire. And that being said, it's not legal in every state, but that's mm-hmm. a, <laughs> that's yeah. a different different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of like with with this one that might be some of the cons is there's a, you lose a little bit of um customization because you yep. can't make your own loads yep. uh there are pre-measured into i think it's 120 and 100 grain loads and so we haven't had any problems with those in fact we've had single digit sds with yep. them um, with certain bullets and so you're not really going to need to do anything customizing, but if you're somebody that really likes to get into the nitty gritty of mm-hmm. um, load development and customization of loads and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, the nitro fire wouldn't be for you. But if you're somebody that wants simplicity, consistency, you know, we've had a lot of people that have contacted us and been like, Hey, you know, I've had a standard break action, like we've been talking about earlier, but um, you know, it's been, you know, I've had moisture get in there and lost deer and I mm-hmm. just want something that's going to go off every single time. Um and the nitro fire does that really really consistently as consistently really as possible for black powder muzzleloaders so. yeah and again there is no breech plug on this when you pop it open you can see straight down the barrel it's got a little mm-hmm. shelf that stops the bullet when you're pushing it down so you don't yep. have any issues just really well thought out design cool mm-hmm. it's safe um, that's one thing is it's it's one of the safest muzzleloaders around because you have that shelf you know there's no there's a lot reduced risk of. Not packing down your bullet all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's reduced risk of double loading because you can't put two fire sticks in there, it just doesn't work out. So um yeah, it's really safe. Cons would be, you know, it does require an FFL transfer. Um, you know, so it's a little bit tired. It's not legal in every state. Uh so there's a few drawbacks, but as far as just simplicity and safety goes, it's an excellent choice. So absolutely. Yeah. Really, really innovative design in that action. So cool. Moving on to the Vortech, uh, striker fire ignition here. Um, and same break action is kind of what we've been going over with the nitro fire and the LRX. Um, you know, you just have a switch on the front of the trigger guard and it breaks open, clicks back into place. The difference with the Vortech is you have a striker fire here. So basically it's a little slide, um, on the Rear grip, I guess, is what yeah, you'd call it. kind of where the hammer would go on a lower. Yeah, where the hammer would go, and you would you push it forward to cock it, and then in order to decock it, you just push a little button on the slider, and it slides back into the safe position. So, um, it is a lot more safe than a hammered ignition, and uh, also if it's you know if you have a scope on, much easier to cock. Um, you know if it's cold, you have gloves on easy to slide up mm-hmm. so there's definitely some advantages to this ignition here um versus just like standard hammered ignition um and really that's all I mean there's really not a huge amount of drawbacks to it either um yeah yeah it's a very efficient design um yeah not a lot of drawbacks like you said there's not no and I've spent a lot of time behind this muzzle loader right here in particular and been really impressed with it I think it uh, been it's performed really accurately um we actually have uh, a video on it too. So shooting, I actually think we have a couple videos where we've it's been featured too, mm-hmm. like shooting our pellets and stuff like that. So yeah, really, really impressed with it. Um, the striker fire ignition is pretty exciting. Pretty happy with, uh, you know, not a whole lot of con- not, not a whole lot of drawbacks there. So cool. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about with this one? It's all good stuff. Not really, <laughs> not really a lot of controversy when it comes to the Vortec, So. <laughs> yeah it was one of my original uh, original rifles you know i shot um shot a thompson center side lock starting off fifty four caliber mm-hmm. and then kind of went to the vortex next uh not the striker fire ignition obviously it' was like the first gen Vortec. but yeah so yeah great rifles it is it is absolutely and um actually they so I, we have Northwest Vortec Striker Fires in stock now. Mm-hmm. Um and they weren't available for a long time. And I'm not sure, maybe you know Nate, are they making them again or is, is this like a limited thing that they did with those Northwest? No, West? they are, they are um discontinued after that. So this okay, so is like ones. a limited thing of yep, Northwest ones. Yep. And yeah, by time this podcast comes out, they might be gone. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. It could be. Yeah. They just they can't be converted. Um I would yep. say that's that's probably one negative thing is they can't be converted because, um, I don't really know why they just can't. They they have like a, the way that they're designed, they had like a flat face. They just they don't have can't. A, they just can't. Okay. <laughs> just don't stop asking questions. <laughs> um, yeah, basically the, the receiver is all one piece. There's no removable bushing or anything that you could use to replace the firing pin assembly. So, um, yeah. So if you get the Northwest one, and for whatever reason, Oregon Ride Ho changes their regulations. You can't really do anything about it. We've ran into a lot of things. A lot of people had that happen when they lived in Washington. Yeah. And um, But luckily, you can never have too many muzzleloaders. So. It's true. Yep. Yep. You could buy, you know, uh, a fraction, whatever you want. <laughs> a fraction <laughs> yeah. of the cost of center fire rifles and mm-hmm. you know, you just keep buying them. Man. Stack yeah. them up. For sure. You need Absolutely. a separate safe just for your muzzleloaders that. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> Actually, I think that I'm kind of going to convert to mostly muzzleloader hunting cuz I've kind of done toyed around with different things. I've archery hunted, I've done, you know, muzzleloader, I've done rifle, and I think that um I think I'm just going to kind of just go full towards muzzleloader oh, hunting. Interesting. You know? Yeah, even for coyotes, I really want to try and you know, just trying I really want to get that uh HDR which we're going to talk about here in a second, figured out for coyote hunting. Yeah. Um, see, I'm through and through an archery hunter. So, I mean, most of my hunts are always <laughs> going to be archery, but I do definitely, I'm definitely going back to deer hunting, muzzle uh, muzzleloader for sure. I yeah. definitely want to shoot a coyote with a bow at some point as well. With so. a bow? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally doable. So I was talking to Emilio, another, another guy that works here and he has been practicing with his bow is getting into archery hunting. And I think we're going to try and get him out coyote hunting and see if we nice. can get him a coyote yeah, with absolutely. A, with a bow. But Nate's probably going to be involved in that, even if he doesn't 100%, know it A hundred percent. Yeah. So all right, what are you doing this weekend, Nate? Are you going to hunt with us or are you going to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, You know, I, my brain's just kind of on work right now. So I just. <laughs> I'll figure it out it, when I'm Everything gonna get else it's just. Yeah. In January, ask me again and I might have some <laughs> plans for the future. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um Cool. Well, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the HTR. Um, and I realized yeah. we totally missed one. There's one. Uh, there's the plunger, which we'll talk about after the HTR. Yeah, I was noticing you didn't bring that in today. I was- yeah, I have it. It's just not on the table. So <laughs> I'll I brought go, it. I just I'll have to go grab table. it here in a second. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk about the HTR, and then like so, basically bolt action muzzle loaders. Um, so it's gonna have the the Paramount series, the um, uh, Remington seven hundred there's quite a few bolt action muzzle loaders and honestly bolt action in and of itself is not as convenient as brake action um yeah i would say more to it yeah you can definitely why don't you cover the disadvantages and i'll talk about some of the advantages oh you want me to be the bad guy yeah fine fine. i'll be the good guy you be the bad guy (laughs) yes so basically with with a bolt action muzzle loader, you have a bolt that, you, in order to clean, you need to remove the bolt. Most of the time, they make it pretty easy on you. There's actually like a little switch um, on this one or lever. Is this a switch or a lever? I would a say lever. that's a button. A button. It's a button. Okay. It's a button. <laughs> Neither. You're wrong. It's not a switch or a lever. <laughs> so, you have a, uh, a button on the receiver here that allows you to remove the bolt pretty easily. Um, so, not a whole lot of issues there. Yeah, very Remington 700 style yeah. everything. So. Yeah. And honestly, if you're looking at it, you'd be like, okay, this is functions just like a, you know, standard center fire would. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have, you know, in order to remove the breech plug, oftentimes with your brake actions, you can do it by hand. Um, with a bolt action, you actually have to have a tool yeah. in order to do it. So that's kind of, you know, a disadvantage. And uh you know, so that's kind of it's kind of not as not as user friendly as in the field. Uh, in the field, yeah. yeah. Not as user friendly as using a break action oftentimes you have to have a some kind of capper tool um and cv actually makes these like magnetic capper tools that i've used and they're really good for capping in a bolt action muzzle loader um but with a break action you can usually just put the primer right in without a capper mm-hmm. so just a few extra accessories that you need to kind of take with sure. you and have ready so that's kind of some of the drawbacks there but there are a lot of pros as well so why don't you talk no, about i get thing. to be the good, good yeah guy you're good I cop Yeah, so. <laughs> talk about the good stuff um, you know, a lot of the pros are uh, you get really good accuracy out of these rifles. Um, mm-hmm. And also them being based on a Remington 700, you can just, anything that you want to put on it, there's just a million things out there for a Remington 700. So yeah. you want to swap out your trigger. It's the same same style. Just pop off the action from the and that's stock. specific to the Paramount and Remington 700, not necessarily yeah. bolt actions in general. Correct. But. Yep. Yeah. Um But, yeah, so uh you've got that. The threaded muzzle on them is, is phenomenal, which they're starting to incorporate. Plain footsie with me under the table? Not, not on purpose. I was repositioning. Excuse me. Excuse me. Accidental. It's okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so just as far as accessories go, it's really easy to outfit. Um You can throw it in any Remington 700 stock. Again, this is Paramount specific, like I said. But, yeah. But, like, I mean, really – The Paramount and the Remington 700 are kind of most of your bolt-action muzzleloaders aside from, Mm -hmm. you know, most of your production bolt-action muzzleloaders. So there are others out there, um, you know, but right now at least those are kind of the deal and they are compatible with most Remington 700 stuff. Like right here we have our muzzleloaders.com Remington 700 short action rail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like, it's really easy to find, you know, just about everybody under the sun has Remington 700 stuff. So Absolutely. Yeah. So and I think that uh, you know, large rifle primer ignition, which is what this has. Um, we can talk about that a little bit too. Here, let's go ahead and put this down. This is really heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> you didn't list Uh-oh. that in your disadvantages. You know? Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. It's it is it is heavy. Um but uh large rifle primer ignition allows you to um it's very interesting how it works because it has it's hot, but it is not as abusive as like two oh nine primers, mm-hmm. and so it ignites the powder more uh evenly without displacing it, and so that allows you to have better SDs and stuff like that, which if you're using a standard magnum brake action muzzle loader, it's not that big of a deal, but when you're using a bolt action you know that's a super magnum that's gonna, you're going to be shooting to four or five hundred yards with, it's actually going to matter a little bit because you know a difference of fifty standard deviation really matters when you're shooting that distance, especially with a muzzle loader yeah, huge <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure um and you know i mean we could even get into a lot of a whole bunch of other stuff when it comes to muzzle loaders, like pellets and all that kind of stuff but um let's go ahead and do plungers okay okay so what we have here is a plunger style of muzzle loader and um there aren't this is not very popular anymore <laughs> um of all of the designs this one's probably the most outdated you know um Just because it has a lot of the same disadvantages as, like, a side lock and a lot of the disadvantages of a bolt action. And, you know, there's not a huge amount of advantages other than you get to use an inline, um, which is a little bit of an advantage as far as consistency of ignition. Um, But what you're looking at right now is Darren's first ever muzzleloader. I bought this when I was 14 years old and hunted with it and, uh, you know it it gets the job done it looks used <laughs> it, looks, it looks used it looks used um because it has been used but now that i work here and i can you know i have access to a lot of the marketing guns and stuff then i get to just kind of hunt with an lrx or you know whatever so yeah. um it's kind of nice but as far as plunger style ignition goes um you know, Nate, well, I can play the bad cop again, if you would like, and you can, well, talk why don't you just describe it for our listeners? Yes. Oh, good call. Good call. Um, so basically a plunger style ignition is an, it's an inline muzzleloader, so there's no side lock or anything like that. Um, but what it is, is it has a bolt in, in the, how do I describe this? There's so fever. basically, you have the Action. barrel, and the barrel looks like it goes the full length of the muzzle loader, but it does not. Um, the barrel stops. You have a little cutout here, which is um, where your nipple and where your breech plug and this little bolt and everything is. So you have a, and then the rest of the barrel is like hollowed out for this bolt to slide along. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you have a little lever. here. This is a lever? Is this a lever? That's a lever. A, this is a button. Okay, it's a lever. <laughs> so you pull this lever back, and that, ca- that brings the entire bolt mechanism back and cocks it, and uh, there's a spring at the very back that is putting tension on the bolt, and um, as soon as you pull the trigger, the entire bolt mechanism slides forward, and there's like a little, um, I mean... It's like a bump on the front of the bolt it's like Mm -hmm. it's a striker it's the part that actually makes contact with the um, percussion cap and then that there that ignites the percussion cap igniting the powder sending the bullet out the barrel you know the rest is kind of all history but that's what a plunger style is so a lot of the cons are here i mean it's it's just a lot of hassle in order to clean you have to remove you know this and all this stuff in order to even just clean the muzzle Or if you get a uh you know if you put Bullet down the barrel without putting powder you know it's it's just kind of a hassle um and if you need to clean it in the field for whatever reason you have to take all these extra tools with you um and so honestly that's the main disadvantage of this is just a lot of inconvenience surrounding the ignition and inefficiency you know extra moving parts that don't need to be there um and kind of hints why we moved on to break action muzzle loaders which are much more efficient in my opinion so user friendly yeah um, Nate, I'll let you talk about some of the pros. Um, sure. Give <laughs> me the the difficult one on this one. <laughs> what pros? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, you get decent accuracy out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have the, the heavy bolt with the really heavy spring behind it, it tends to go off every time. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably have never had any failed ignitions not. on that. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly because, like got the whole is... mass of the bolt striking the the number 11 cap so. yeah and it's it's number 11 percussion like you can this has a conversion to do musket cap but I always use number 11s and I, no, I don't remember ever having a misfire either mm-hmm. um, because you use yeah. the magnums number 11 magnum yeah, I think so yeah, yeah. it's been a, it's been a while since <laughs> I've used this one but. I bet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I believe it was the number 11 magnums um, so yeah I mean that's definitely a pro yeah sure. yeah absolutely and then just the fact of it being an inline like as far as effectiveness between this and a side lock, you're going to have much more consistent ignition with this because mm-hmm. it's an inline versus a side lock. So, um, gotta, it's still easier to clean than a side lock. Exactly. So, yeah. so if it, if, as far as efficiency goes, if it's between this and a side lock, you're probably going to get more efficiency out of this. But if it's between this and a break action, the break action is definitely the more efficient of the two. So, um, and that's why, you know, break actions have kind of become the future and, I don't really see anything replacing that as far as just your standard muzzleloaders because it's just so efficient. I don't know. You know, they say history repeats itself. We'll probably see a plunger again at some point. <laughs> no, we're going to go back to matchlock. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, this is the new this deal. This is the new know? thing. Check it out. <laughs> so yeah, um, but honestly, yeah, this is this is on the show as just because it's my first muzzleloader, I kind of want to show you guys. So you <laughs> humble Pride. beginnings. Yeah, I think Pride. I spent a hundred dollars on that muzzleloader when I bought it. So. <laughs> how much i spent on my vortex really but you bought yours used right yeah oh, okay yeah Bought yours brand new i i did bucks. i actually bought it from muzzleloaders.com before, oh. before i worked here look at that? <laughs> yep and we don't uh we don't carry that muzzleloader anymore it's been discontinued but yeah. um yeah there's a little bit of history so, But if you wanted to buy it from Darren, he would probably sell it for a grand. So saying, uh, I don't know. I might never sell it. <laughs> it, might, it might be priceless. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> put It'd it on collectors. eBay. I'll sign it. I'll collectors sign it, put it. on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There you go. Collector's edition. <laughs> it's oh, an I'm antique. Gonna, yep. Old plunger style yes. antique. Yes. And um, honestly, I think that overall, each of these muzzleloaders have their application. Yeah. Um, you Absolutely. Know, traditional, if you want to be Traditional you know, there's break actions of various different levels of difficulty, um, bolt actions, you know, the bolt action, I think is probably one of the more intriguing ones for me just because there's so much intricacy and so many things that you can Mm -hmm. do with it. Um, if you listen to our, our, uh, load development podcast that we did a few weeks ago, we talk all about how to do load development, how intricate and, and finicky sometimes it can be to try and find the right load, which is Son of a gun, dude! <laughs> <laughs> what? <Gosh. sighs> just want to like get into a role. I know, right? <sighs> you like just looked at me for a second. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> oh. ridiculously annoying. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> It just like my opinion, I think it makes the podcast worse because it's like Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Because we have to we get into a flow. flower yep. We start chatting, it's like And hey, then you're like, like where'd we, we what were you talking about? And then and it's, it's nice. like if you go past, you're like oh my goodness we gotta stop and go over again. Mm-hmm. What a pain in keister. Mm-hmm. It's big old keister pain. Mm-hmm. stop that so we'll pick this up with you kind of like reaching over and setting this down and saying that's how much i spent on my vortex mm, okay so I'm not super far back are you gonna hand it to me still? Or? sure yeah okay. uh, yeah i can cut all this out if i need to oh got, got to put my two ears on put my ears on your ear, hearing protection ear protection all right Richard Gear protection. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Spend $100 on that, eh? No. Watch it, watch it. Oh. Yeah. Let's try this again. I thought you were going to say that. No, you say that's, that's how much spent I spent on, on my Vortec. That's where you oh. got to pick it up. Because okay. you already said you spent $100 bucks on it. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This uh, is dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. <gosh>. Okay. <laughs> I would compose myself here. <sighs> okay. Don't look at me. <laughs> How much I spent on my vortex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you were like
0: on the verge of breaking I when know. I looked at like, you. You like, it's like, <laughs> that's how much I spent on my vortex. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, wow. Well. <clears throat> All right. <sighs> to take a breath. All right. Okay. Get through this. That's how much I spent on my Vortec. Yeah. But you bought your Vortec used, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. bought yours new? Yeah. I did buy. I bought mine actually at muzzleloaders.com before I started working here. So, <laughs> yeah, a little bit uh, little bit of history there. I think I spent, you know, it was I think, destiny. Yeah. I, they gave me a good <laughs> deal on it. And then they're like, you know, if you work here as a slave, we'll give it to you for $100. Like, and I'm here. I I'm here right now. Sold. So. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I did not say that. I did, did not say, say that. that. <laughs> Um, but yeah I you know it it gets the job done um plunger style and honestly there's there's something for everybody in, in all these muzzle loaders there's traditional muzzle loaders um some of the ones that I think are most intriguing are the the new ones like the bolt action super magnums because there's so much uh intricacy and so much you know that you can do with them to make them precise mm. and you have to really potential yeah potential you have to do a lot of load development and um, that's really fun fun in my opinion Um, absolutely but for someone who just wants to get out and do some hunting and not really have to concern themselves like for if muzzleloader season is just an extra season for you to or to extend your season then you know something like the nitro fire would be right Mm -hmm. up your alley because it's so safe so simple and um you know it's perfect for that so that's what i really like about muzzleloading now is um you know if you go back to the 70s you know you really just had side locks yep um and then in the 80s started introducing inlines and where we're at right now muzzle loading is just i think at, it, at its peak because mm-hmm. there's something for everybody yeah and you know if somebody there's if you're into anything in the outdoors then there's some sort of correlation that you could get into with muzzle loading and sure. um, i think that's something that a lot of people don't really realize yeah i think a lot of it depends on the state you live in, too. you know mm-hmm. i mean um there's more opportunities in traditional, I think, in a lot of of states where they have a traditional side lock mm-hmm. um, season yep. um, that is available that you can't use inlines on, and and so there's just yeah, it varies from state to state to state too on which which muzzle loader you want to choose. Again, I still think you should have one of all of them, but it's true. Yep. <laughs> yep. I actually heard. Um, I, so I know you know Pennsylvania and then Montana just came with uh, like a heritage season. And I heard that there's some talk of trying to get a heritage season going in Kentucky. I saw that on one of mm. I love muzzle loadings videos which I think it's cool I think that you know heritage yeah, seasons are awesome I think that you know you the more of those you have the um you know I just think they're great it's really gets people back to it because also it's like if somebody uh hunts with an inline and they're like yeah you know I, I might try out this heritage season and that yeah. kind of gets them even further into muzzle loading and even more uh you know involved in in the history, and I think history is really the root of everything. I think yeah, people really yeah, need to know absolutely. history, and a lot of people—it's kind of a side tangent. A lot of people don't really like history or don't want to learn about history, but history mm-hmm. is really important and crucial to um, the, our future. Yeah, too. Yep. You know, because they say those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Yep. And so, yeah. I think that people really need a thirst for knowledge nowadays. That's that's what's missing. Absolutely. Yeah, especially with you know, social media and things, it's so easy to just believe whatever you see. You can't find everything you want to know on Google. You can't. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's, it's actually kind of funny because I was trying to find, um, I was trying to like doing, doing research for something. And I was like trying to find opposing viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And every time I would Google like an opposing viewpoint, instead of showing me somebody who's trying to defend that viewpoint, they would show me somebody trying to refute it because yeah. according to like my search history and everything, sure. it's like yep. that's a different viewpoint than I typically hold. And so they're trying to show me the things that, ref- that you know, refute that, things that I would normally want to watch yeah, yeah. instead of actually just showing me the opposing viewpoint, which creates like this echo chamber of like, how can anybody not see things this way, yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah, side Anyways, tangent, side tangent. <laughs> history is important. Um, you know, definitely learn history and uh, there's a lot of history to be learned in muzzle loading. So absolutely. Yep. Cool. Well, I really appreciate you joining me, Nate. Uh, I know that you have a lot of things that you need to get back to. So yeah. we'll go ahead go, and I got to go ship all your muzzle loaders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, wrap this one up. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, hopefully you guys found some value in here. Hopefully you found some entertainment. And, uh, if you want to help out the show, hit that subscribe button and click the bell to receive notifications. Whenever we post content, we post, um, at least twice a week right now. Um, we are doing some shorts and things on Monday as well, but Friday and Wednesday we're doing podcast and, um, youtube videos so keep that keep an eye out for that if you're listening on an audio platform leave us a review because that's really going to help the show it's going to help get this content into the hands of people who could really use it and benefit from it um so yeah and uh, we'll see you guys next week